0: Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. This episode is a little different than anything I've done in the past. This is not one of our normal um, episodes. They usually get queued up about a month in advance. This one is going to be posted within... uh, hours of me recording, which is also something that I don't usually do, and this isn't about Kickstarter, but it is about crowdfunding. Yesterday, uh, a young man reached out to me because um, there was a crowdfunding campaign that he wanted possible some help from, and I have to admit that normally I get reached out a lot, and I wasn't necessarily interested in responding, but a couple of things triggered my interest, and I agreed to respond, and I have invited the crowdfunding host of the campaign to come on the show because this is a medical crowdfunding campaign using GoFundMe. That's not something that normally we talk about here when we talk about Kickstarter and what we're doing with our projects and our games and our multi-million dollars. But it, I, there were some things that found I found interesting and I've invited him on the show and his name is Chris Clemens. Chris, thank you for joining me on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me. So,
0: we're talking because uh, about 36 hours ago, you launched a campaign on GoFundMe. Um to address a very specific need in your life. Why don't you tell my listeners kind of what that is? Yeah.
1: Um, So I, as you said, I did launch it about 36 hours ago, specifically to get medical assistance in order to try to get me back on my feet. Quite literally. Um, I have a degenerative disc in my lower L4, L5, which is causing spinal stenosis. And that's all to say that it's just a lot of pain and I can't really sit or stand for more than an hour. I really can't work right now, and I don't have the funds to be able to pay for the treatment that I need. It was pretty difficult to start, um, and I I did have some money back saved up, but I with the amount of time that it's taken to get to me where I am, I've run out.
0: So you put a campaign up on GoFundMe, um, which. I think you were telling me that the GoFundMe site uh, tells you as you're starting to set that up, breaks down how people use their platform, which is different than Kickstarter, how they use it for different needs. And so what was some of those stats that you saw from that?
1: So when you do start it, it does immediately show you what GoFundMe is mainly used for. And it it is personal needs. Uh, Medical is, I think, at the top with 17%. Next is for college, and I think at like 15%. And it starts to go down the list from there, like vet bills, um, sure. personal, smaller projects and things like that. So
0: very personal stuff. Uh, oftentimes, like you said, medical bills or college. These are not – how do we say this? Not usually reinf- reimbursable type projects, right? It's not like a Kickstarter campaign where you're going to back a game and you're going to get somebody to send you the game.
1: Right. It's not at all.
0: And so it's, it's your. Go ahead.
1: As you say, it's – it's you saying I need money so that I can be able to do this one thing and I'm hoping that you'll give out of the kindness of your heart.
0: And so that's interesting because you made a video that you put out there. Um you lo- you look a little a uh, little stressed in the video, just to say. You look you look a little just, stressed.
1: Just a little. <laughs>
0: yes. And you put the video out there and you started asking, it's called save the GM from his damaged back and you heard me listeners, you heard me correctly, GM as in game master. Um, yeah, and so explain a little bit because your reward levels I have to admit your reward levels are kind of what caught my attention and I thought here's somebody who's trying something interesting and unique so tell us about your reward levels for helping you pay off your medical bills
1: so my reward levels specifically are the only way that I could really think of to give back to anybody that wanted to be able to donate that was in the community uh, that I'm really reaching out to which is you know, tabletop RPGs they are, are there so that if you know somebody does donate and they do need some kind of help that I'm able to offer with what skills that I've acquired over the years, that I'd be able to at least you know, say, hey, you've helped me out, now let me help you out. Because what I do have a lot of right now is time. Since I, you know, I'm not doing almost anything else besides laying on my bed the majority of the day in pain, I can still let my imagination wander and I come up with all sorts of ideas for these things. So when somebody is you know giving me their hard-earned money that they have you know worked for uh, a lot of times they don't have the time that they need to devote to something uh you know devote to their game or their you know group that they're working with so by being able to say hey I can help you with that in some way is what I thought of to be able to do to give back
0: and that's – it is what caught my attention as I looked at that because I realized that's exactly what you were accomplishing here. You didn't have any physical things to give, but you do have the time and a little bit of your passion there. Chris, when it comes to asking for money, particularly when it comes to asking for financial aid, for medical, I got to believe that that is not easy.
1: It is not easy. It was very, very hard to do so because it it's it's putting – yourself out there your problems it's it's laying everything out you know it's it's putting it into the public eye that says hey you know you're saying hey i need your help because i can't do this on my own i'm injured i can't do this and unfortunately i can't rely on just myself or even my small network even my you know my family we don't have enough for this and it's incredibly embarrassing it's humiliating and it's really hard to do so as you you know as you saw as you just said a little bit ago in the video i am really stressed because i'm putting myself out there and saying please help me and it's really tough to do that to complete strangers
0: it, which is understandable that when i saw the video and i saw what you were doing the first question that went in my head was what does his mother think and so <laughs> yeah and, right, and what did your mother think?
1: Uh, my mother and father were not exactly thrilled, I'll say that, um, that I was going to be doing this, which compounded the problem, of course, of trying to start this. Um, the wh- very f-
0: Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut I was going
1: to say, the, the first question that they had was, well, what are they going to think about us?
0: Right. And that's kind of the social stigma of embarrassment, that anytime we associate the asking for money there's a sense of begging that goes associated with that, right? It's the guy standing on the side of the street with the cardboard sign saying, you know, five bucks. Um, yeah. And one of the things that we've, I've talked about on the show over the last six years on multiple episodes, and you give me a chance to bring it up again, and that is crowdfunding has fundamentally changed the way we have a discussion about money in this country. Um, in your case – a few years ago, it would have been even much more difficult socially to be able to stand up and say, I'm going to publicly solicit funds from strangers to help me pay pay something I need, particularly in medical bill. And But with crowdfunding, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, GoFundMe, we're finding more and more campaigns that people are comfortable saying, look, I don't know you, you don't know me, but we have something in common and here's a need I have. Are you willing to help me out? And I think it is – change the way that we i call it the kickstarter economy or the crowdfunding economy where we are changing the way we look at the giving and asking of funds from each other because it's a very personal it's very embarrassing and i can understand that because if you don't raise the money it's also a bit of a public validation that nobody cared
1: yeah that's uh that is a big thing that's one of the scariest things to think about it's you know there is no guarantee at all that anybody is going to donate not even your you know close friends now they they say that they may you know and you may get 5 or 10 or 15 dollars maybe even you know 30 dollars 100 dollars but out of that amount of goal it looks you know a small
0: it does so, it does look small it, sometimes when we ask people for help they look and say look i can't help out with all of it and then they feel they feel difficult that they've only given 10 dollars and then they feel it Right? It doesn't make people feel good if they can't help you out completely and they can only help out a little. But a crowdfunding campaign helps them similar to fundraising that we see on television or PBS uh, fundraiser that you're contributing to an overall goal rather than simply money going into a black hole type thing. Right. All right. So your you're, you're project's been up for 36 hours. You have had – let's take a look here real quick. You have 10 backers right now who have raised $455 of your $2,000 goal. Now if this was a mm-hmm. board game on Kickstarter pff, right you would have bl- you would blown by that a long time ago but it's not a game on Kickstarter it is no, your not. back and it is um, funds to help you continue to get treatment for your back how many of the ten people who are on there are strangers to you
1: seven actually
0: so seven people so far in the first 36 hours have reached out and say I don't know who you are um, but here you go and yeah how it's go ahead
1: it's, Uh, It's been really humbling, and uh, it it was a pretty big weight off my shoulders, and people started to donate that I didn't even know. Um, And I was actually surprised that I've had more people that I don't know give to me than more people that I do know.
0: Well, maybe that tells you something about your friends. Maybe, Chris, maybe you need some new friends. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Maybe maybe we all just don't have a lot of high-paying jobs to help
0: that's true that's a possibility, but one of the things is that I like the fact that you've got uh, you know five dollars right if they've just even got five dollars let me ask you a question uh, because this comes up um, and that is about fraud in Kickstarter it's implied that there's a little bit of vetting going on when Kickstarter looks at a project at least to meet the rules now they don't necessarily validate that the person fulfilled their requirements at the end, but we have very few times that uh, fraud occurs here, but in goFundme there's you're not there's no vetting process going on here, is there?
1: There isn't. Um when you start the when you start up the campaign, you have a list of things that you select and once you get started, they do ask you for your social security number and, and they have to validate it through that, but other than that, like where's the money going? It's not, you know, they don't specifically say, you know, we have to have your um
0: Medical we records, have have, a note from your yeah, doctor, we don't have, right?
1: Yeah, we, yeah, we don't have you don't have to have any of that because with GoFundMe you can ask money for almost anything, and that can be good and bad, and exactly what you're saying. So how they, you know, the the biggest thing about this is it's difficult to ask for this, but you know people can easily see that and just say it's all fake. But when you're putting yourself out there, you know that's my face that you see and my social media is there. And so you, from there you can tell who I am and you, my Facebook is right there. So it is me. Um, That's interesting.
0: I call that – and I've talked about it – sorry about that. That's my dog in the background um, making noises. But I've talked about in the past that this is the validation of your reputation. So you have – one way that you have addressed this issue of accountability and, and – authenticity, I guess, in what you're asking for is that you have made this a public facing campaign. It's your name, your face, and as you said, you're using Facebook almost as a way of validating that this isn't that this isn't fake because this is what made me think of your mother. your mother seeing your Facebook page and your father seeing it and your uncle and your cousins and your friends and your family and they're all seeing this and if this was fraud then it would be very difficult for you to continue to be able to operate in this kind of environment without them saying, wait a minute. And so I think yes, you've done a very it. Would
1: be really difficult to do that. <laughs> it, would,
0: it wouldn't be impossible, but it would be really difficult. Especially what you're asking for is that there's enough people out there to. Vet. You've done a, I think, a smart thing, and that is to position yourself in a way to say, "Look, I can't prove it. I can't send you my bills, or I can't send you the, the you know, the X-rays. But what you can do is say, you can trust me because I am being open and transparent in my social network." And it's in some ways it's easier for me to trust you online than it would be if I just trusted you on the street and you just asked me for the money just walking by.
1: Yeah, because walking by, you get a few seconds. You know, um, if you really want to take a look, you can dig through my profiles that I, that, you know, that I have public online and see who I really am through that. So it is really putting you know putting my reputation on the line.
0: It is, and I did look through uh, some of those. Uh, Your name is Chris Clemens, C-H-R-I-S, Clemens with a C-L-E-M-M-O-N-S, because I I assume some of my uh, listeners will want to uh, go check that out. But you have a Facebook page that is open, portions of it are open, that people can see what you're doing. You are publicly thanking some of your backers out there. You have some social media accounts. Now, your social media accounts, um, as you and I talked earlier, before the call, before our getting on the air was that you have a pseudonym that you've used for years and then what's that one called
1: yeah it is a pseudonym it's lance tersus uh, that is l-a-n-c-e-t-e-r-s-u-s and um, you've,
0: you've had that for quite a while i assume
1: yes i have uh, t- uh 10, 7, 10 years
0: Okay, so quite a while, and you're into RPGs, and so I was saying uh, it sounded like a character or something that had to do with uh, one of your RPG camp- campaigns out there.
1: Yes, um, in the campaign that I'm currently running for some of my old friends, um, my do we, players right now.
0: Do we want to uh, give out any secrets?
1: Oh, it's fine. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't want to give I'm out any secrets. am not worried about the, it.
0: Okay, they're not listening to the show. Is that what you're telling me?
1: <laughs> probably not but i might have them do so but it's okay <laughs> you know right. if they find out it's not too big of a deal all right. um there's a little town um in my campaign on my map it's called dog reach um and if they go there they'll find um a small race of wolf folk uh it's essentially you know there's cat folk and uh rat folk elves you know all of those dwarves Etc. These are specifically wolf folk, and if they go there in that town, they will actually find a Lance Tercis.
0: <laughs> Got it. They find a person. Is there a person
1: called uh, Lance? Ter- it's a wolf folk. Lance, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, called Lance Tursus. Got it. Got it. Name Lance Tercis. I like wolves. If you can't tell,
0: <laughs> yes, you do. And I noticed that on your uh, profile, many of your profiles carry that. So tell me, as you've put this campaign up, and it's only been running for thirty-six hours, and we're watching people. uh, support you and back you on this what are some thoughts that are going through your mind about um, this approach because you were very nervous about doing this in the first place and you're still probably i can tell we've talked a little bit but there's still some nervousness there what do you think it's going to be the end game how's this going to end
1: well i couldn't dare to hope but it would be nice to have it funded um but if it if it doesn't go that far i'll use whatever i can and get what treatment i'm able to at the time but I am still, yeah, very nervous about it um, to see how far it's going to go because you, you still never know. Even if you start, if, even if you get a whole bunch of donations, you know, the first day or the second day, you may then just not get any donations for the rest of the time.
0: Do, do you? Uh, you said that you uh, spent time at home. You're living at home. Did this condition is that one of the reasons for moving back home?
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, continually worsened for about a year. Um, a year ago, I started to develop a little bit of pain. I had stabbing pains in my leg. It was actually, that one was really powerful. Um, and they continued to increase and then it moved up my back. Um, my job was actually on the line. It was, I was missing a lot of work and it was either really get fired or quit. And, um, since this was, I've had this job for like three, almost four years, I decided to quit instead of get fired and not even have that on my job record, you know, still thinking of the future. Um, since I, I couldn't even stand or sit for more than an hour anymore. Um, and it's actually degraded even further than that since I've been home, um, that I had moved home specifically so I could hope to get some medical treatment um, as I was able to get on insurance. Um, but insurance doesn't cover everything. Um, right. Right. and that's why I even need assistance now is to, because when you don't have a job and you don't have income, you know even the what the insurance does cover, you still have bills, and you, with with no income and not being able to get enough assistance, then you're kind of stuck.
0: Got it. All right. Well, I certainly appreciate you taking some time. Uh, I appreciate when I reached out. Well, you reached out to me. Your brother did, and then that you were willing to come on the show and kind of talk about this. Like I said, it's very personal, and I can understand. It's difficult to talk about that, especially when something is invisible, right? When it's it's invisible and it doesn't appear that there's any problem, and then it makes it very difficult to people to find sympathy and then for you to express kind of what you're going through and so i can understand that i also applaud you for the courage to put yourself out there and and ask for a modest amount of money from a network of people who you don't know but the gamer community has been known for being very generous and crowdfunding is certainly something that's not new to them and i wish you the best of luck chris thank you very much for joining me on the show
1: thank you richard i really appreciate the opportunity to come on the show and and talk about that um thanks again
0: You're welcome. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, a special edition, because we've been talking about GoFundMe and Chris Clemens and his medical condition and how he put his crowdfunding campaign on GoFundMe to raise money to address some of his uh, physical medical needs. Hopefully you found something interesting and inspiring. I know I have. I have had Chris come on the show specifically because I felt this was a story that needed to be told. I believe that crowdfunding is changing our world in many ways, and this is just one indication that I see that sometimes all of us can do so much more than any one of us can do. Thanks for listening. Take care. There's one other thing before you go. I forgot to tell you where you can go to donate if you'd like to support Chris and his, um, his campaign. Chris is still with me. Chris, where can they go if they'd like to donate money?
1: They can go to GoFundMe.com forward slash help hyphen the hyphen game hyphen fix, hyphen his hyphen back. Yeah, it's uh it's a long one. Um, or but it's at, just
0: or as I did, type in Chris Clemens uh in GoFundMe and you can find it that way, right?
1: You can find it that way. Uh you could go to Facebook, uh type in my name, you spelled it previously, C H R I S.
0: Clemens with an O N
1: S at the end. Yep.
0: And they can go find it. Alright. Um normally I'm a lot, much more uh catch that before we end the show, but uh thanks Chris.
1: i no problem. Thank you, Richard.